Amen. I appreciate that song. It's a beautiful song. Let's take our Bibles this morning, open to the John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Um, whenever there's uh, a special day like Father's Day or Mother's Day or Thanksgiving or something like this, and I'm going through a series, um, it's always, all right, do I, do I just keep going through the series or do I kind of stop and, and preach a special message, you know, about that special day, being Father's Day and things. And so um, I was just kind of pondering and thinking, Lord, what, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to keep going through the series that we're going through in John chapter 15, Abide in Me? Or do you want me to preach a Father's Day message? And it was just like the Lord said, yes. Um, all right, Lord, um, not sure what that means. Uh, we'll go for it. And so as I began reading, and it was... It was It's like the Lord just had it right there for me uh, in John chapter 15, verse number one. I am the true vine, and uh, what are those next two words? My father is the husbandman. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. I mean, right there it was. You're going to keep going right through your series on Abide in Me, and you're going to preach a Father's Day message. As you think about it, think about what he's saying. Again, the ideas we've been looking at, you have this vineyard, and the vine is there and growing, but you have the husbandman, the husbandman. And the husband, whether you want to call him a, a farmer or a vine dresser or a gardener, whatever word you want to use to, to describe it, uh, the husbandman, the vine dresser, is there for a purpose. Right, the vine dresser, the gardener. If you if you plant a garden, how many of you like to garden? I, I come, how many of you love to garden? Right? How many of you can't stand to garden? Wow! How many don't even know what gardening is? <laughs> uh, I, I thought there'd be more of you like that. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, when you go out and you plant a garden, right? And uh, you till up the ground, and and you get the ground ready, and you plant the seeds, and all that kind of stuff, right? What is the purpose of doing that? Nobody knows. <laughs> what is the purpose of planting a garden? To what? To get the fruit from it, right? Right? So if you're planting tomato plants, you're expecting to get tomatoes. I'm telling you, you guys are really awake this morning. I'm, you guys are on the ball, right? I, I mean, if you're planting the, 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 the beans, guess what you're going to get? Corn. <laughs> <laughs> maybe by the end you'll be with me all right okay um i mean if you, you're planting something for a purpose you're planting to be able to receive the produce from it right so think about this as you have this this husbandman the vine dresser the gardener he is there for a purpose right and jesus says my father is the husbandman, right? And he's giving this illustration of Jesus being the vine and we are the branches. But the father, my father, he says, is the husbandman. And the husbandman is there to, to make sure that the, whatever is being planted succeeds, right? He's there to make sure that if it's tomatoes being planted or beans being planted or corn being planted or grapes or whatever it is, that it produces the fruit that it's supposed to produce, we all together here this morning? All right. <laughs> I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. May I ask you a question this morning? Those of you that have children, 
those of you that maybe one day plan to have children, you say, well, I don't have any children. Just because you don't have children, just because maybe you're not a father, does not mean that this message is not going to apply to you. Please don't tune me out, okay? I believe you'll still be able to learn some very important things this morning from the Word of God. It's not just for fathers. Uh, This is for everyone. I'm going to be speaking predominantly pointing at fathers, but it is for everyone. But can I ask you, what is your goal for your children? What is your goal? Again, if you're planting a tomato, you expect to get tomatoes. So what is your goal for your children? You see, fathers, you are the husbandmen. The son, Jesus, says, I am the vine. The purpose in what the father wanted through the son, he had a goal for the son, and that was that through the son, he would bear fruit. So parents, fathers, let me ask you again. What is your goal for your children? If God has given you children, what is your goal for them? If God gives you children, what is your goal going to be for them? Is it for them just to make lots of money? Is that your goal? You want them to be able to get a good education? You want them to get a good job so that they can make lots of money? Is that your goal? Is it your goal for them to be recognized with fame or popularity? Is that your goal for them? Is it for them to stay close to home so you'll always have them nearby? Is that your goal? Do you have a goal? You see, what's unfortunate is there are many fathers, many parents who have no goal for their children. And when you have no goal for your child, guess what happens? The vine becomes fruitless. Doesn't produce anything. I like what Charles Spurgeon said. Uh, Charles Spurgeon was uh, a famous preacher back in England and uh, pastored one of the largest churches in England. Thousands and thousands of people would come to the Metropolitan Tabernacle uh, in London to, to hear uh, Charles Spurgeon preach. And uh, was a great preacher. Um, and Charles Spurgeon gives this story, this account. He said, my mother said to me one day, Charles, I often prayed the Lord to make you a Christian. And by the way, that should be a prayer for every parent that their child would come to know Christ as their Savior. But she continues, but I never asked that you might become a Baptist. (laughs) He grew up in a Congregationalist home, but after he got saved and began learning the Scriptures, he changed and became a Baptist. And so Charles Spurgeon says, I could not resist the temptation to reply, Oh, Mother, the Lord has answered your prayer with His usual bounty and given you exceeding abundantly above what you asked or thought. (laughs) She had a goal. She wanted her son to come to know the Lord as his Savior. She had a goal. She wanted her son to follow the Lord. What is your goal? The husbandman, the father, has a very important role in the vineyard. 
We're going to look at some things this morning to see of the husbandman, the father. Again, Jesus gives this correlation, and again, spiritually, obviously, as he's talking about him being the vine and we are the branches, but I think we can see this as well, that Jesus says, because he is the son and the father is the husbandman. And the father has a purpose. The father has a goal. He has a plan for the son's life. In fact, even while Jesus was on the earth so many times, Jesus said, my meat is not to do the will of him that sent me. In other words, I'm not just here to do what I want. I'm here to do the father's will. He understood the father had a goal. The father had a desire and a plan for his life. And he said, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to do the father's will. What can we learn about the husbandman? What can we learn about this man that walks through the vineyard, taking care of the vineyard? I believe, first of all, we can see that the husbandman, the father, must plant the right vine. He must plant the right vine. As they are preparing the ground and getting ready to plant the vines for the purpose of producing fruit, the husband has to make sure that the right vine is being planted. In other words, making sure that this vine is not sickly, making sure that it does not have a disease, making sure that it's not dead already, And as a father, as the husbandman, it is our responsibility in our children's life to make sure we are planting the right vine. We must make sure that in their life we are teaching them about the Lord Jesus Christ. We're teaching them just as Spurgeon's parents had a desire for him to come to know the Lord. The greatest desire that we ought to have for our children is the day that they accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. That ought to be a day that we pray for and we pray for and we pray for and we work for to that God would work in their hearts to come to know Christ as, the, as their Savior. It is the most important decision that they can ever make in their life. It is the most important birth in their lives to be born again. They can be born into your family. They can be adopted into your family. But the most important birth that can take place in their life is to be born again into the family of God. That does not come through church membership. That does not come through being baptized. That does not come through keeping the Ten Commandments or being a good person. That only comes through Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 15, he says that from a child, think about this, from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. That faith was not in a church, it's not in a denomination, it's not in what we do or, or keeping the commandments or being baptized or being a good person or giving to the church. That faith is in Jesus Christ and Him alone. Are we planting the right vine? Are we teaching them of Jesus? From a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. You say, well, you know, I'm just, you know... I'm going to wait till they get a little bit older. I'm going to wait till they graduate from high school. Then we'll, then we'll talk to them about spiritual things. You know, we're going to, we're going to wait a little bit as they, they mature and, and get a little bit older. Then we're going to teach them, you know, about the Lord and things like that. Friend, if that's what you're doing, if you're going to wait that long, then you've waited too long already. You've already waited too long. 
He says, from a child, thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. From a child, his parents taught him the Word of God so that he could know Christ as his Savior. I wonder how much emphasis we put on the Word of God in our homes, teaching them about Jesus, teaching them about the Word. In Isaiah 54, in verse number 13, he says, And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. Think about it. He says, all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. Our children need to know about the Lord Jesus Christ. They need to be taught his word. Isn't it interesting what that verse says? He says at the end there, and great shall be the peace of thy children. Can I tell you, there are many families, even Christian families, that there is no peace in the home. There's no peace in the home. There's no peace in the marriage. There's no peace between the parents and the children. I mean, there's, there's fighting, there's strife, there's divisiveness, there's arguing. There's all kinds of stuff going on in the home. Why? Because we're not teaching them the, about the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not planting the right vine. You say, look, if I teach them about Jesus, are all my problems going to go away? I'm not going to say all your problems are going to go away, but I'm saying you're going to start right. You see, again, remember, if I have a goal... If I have a purpose for their life and I'm planting the right vine, look, the vine, as soon as it's planted, doesn't produce fruit the next day. It's going to take a process of time. It's going to take that planting. And then I know I'm planting, but I know the fruit is not going to be produced for some time down the road. But I've got to make sure that I start right. I've got to make sure that I plant the right vine first. I've got to make sure that I begin at a young age teaching them the word of God, teaching them about Jesus so that eventually it will produce the fruit that I want it to produce. I remember when our oldest daughter, Megan, was born and um, she started to walk and then she started to crawl and then she started to talk and now she won't shut up. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't tell her I said that. <laughs> Um, but I can remember as she started to, as she started to learn how to talk, my wife and I started to teach her passage of scripture. And of course, the most famous passage that you ever teach a child as they begin is what? Children, obey your parents. That's right. That's, that's it, right? Children, obey your parents. Four words. If that's all they can say, that's four words. That's great. That's a great place to start. Children, obey your parents, right? And we started teaching her scripture and as she'd be able to learn more words, we tried to help her to, to memorize chapters, not, not long chapters, but uh, I know like Psalms 100 has like five or six verses, and we try to teach her that at just, just a young age. And I can remember just uh, four years of age, four or three, four or five years of age, her uh, hel- helping her to memorize those passages of Scripture and helping uh, her to, to quote those. And she would say, no, she wouldn't get the words always right, but, but we were trying to help her. And you say, Pastor, do you really believe that, that she remembers at a three years, three years of age or four years of age, five years of age do you really remember she that do you really think that she remembers memorizing all those scriptures probably not probably not you say then why did you do it because i wanted to start right i wanted to make sure that the right vine was planted i wanted to make sure that she understood that the word of god is important in her life more than anything else Have we planted the right vine in their lives? He says, when we do this, when we teach them about the Lord, great shall be the peace of thy children. I like what Dr. Lee Robinson would say when he was talking about the the secret to the Christian life. He said, is to die to self, die to criticism, and die to praise. 
to die to self, die to criticism, and die to praise. You see, life's not about me. It's about him. Yes, God has given me those children, but it's not up to me what happens with those children, what, what the plan is. Now, my desire for my children is, is to love the Lord. My desire for my children is to know Christ as their Savior and to love Him and want to serve Him in their life. But I don't get to, I don't get to pick and choose what, what area of life they're going to be in. I don't get to pick that one of them is going to be a doctor and one of them is going to be a lawyer and one of them is going to be a police officer. I don't get to pick that. That's up to the Lord. I was so thankful yesterday with uh, Brother Mike Winkler, who was here and, and speaking for us, and uh, what, a, what a great testimony and a great message that he brought. But Brother Mike Winkler, is, he's a police officer, 16 years as a police officer, not a preacher, not a pastor, but he faithfully serves the Lord where he's at. As a police officer working to, tr- to try to uh, share Christ with others, serving in his church wherever he has the opportunity. Even yesterday, coming up and be able to share his testimony about what God's doing in his life. And through that, uh, someone came to know Christ as their Savior. You see, it's, it's making sure that we are dying to self and saying, Lord, it's not about me. It's not about my plans. It's not about my life. Lord, what do you want for my life? Lord, what do you want for my children? You see, what is your goal for them? Have you made your goal for them or have you allowed the Lord to make a goal for them. Is it about what you want or is it about what the Lord would want in their life? Fathers, we don't know as much as we think we do or let on that we do, right? Um, I was amused by this. It's called the men's thesaurus. Anybody ever heard of the men's thesaurus? I didn't even know there was one. When a man says... It would take too long to explain. What he really means is, I have no idea how it works. (laughs) When a man says, that's interesting, dear. What he really means is, are you still talking? (laughs) When a man says, it's a guy thing. He means, there is no rational thought pattern connected with this, and you have no chance at all of making it logical. When a man says, uh, sure, honey, yes, dear, he means absolutely nothing. It's simply a conditioned response. <laughs> yes, dear. When a man says, oh, don't worry, I just cut myself, it's no big deal. What he really means is I've probably severed a limb. I'm going to bleed to death and die before I admit that I'm hurt, so please come over and help me. <laughs> when a man says, I can't find it. Why are you laughing already? I haven't even said anything. (laughs) When a man says, I can't find it, what he means is, it did not fall into my outstretched hand, so I am completely clueless. (laughs) When a man says, I heard you, what he means is, I don't have the foggiest idea what you said, and I'm hoping desperately that I can fake it well enough so that you'll not spend the next three days yelling at me. When a man says, you look terrific, (laughs) what he really means is, please don't try on any more outfits. We're late and I'm hungry. (laughs) When a man says, I'm not lost. I know exactly where we are. 
What he really means is no one will ever see us alive again. (laughs) When a man says, that's not what I meant. What he means is, if something I said can be interpreted two ways, and one of the ways makes you sad or angry, I meant the other one. (laughs) So guys, we don't always know as much as we think we, we do. We like to think that we are men and we can handle everything, but the thing is, is we have or we know the one who does know everything. And that is the one we should be pointing our families to. He is the one that we should be directing them to and say, this is who we need to look to. I don't have all the answers, but we know who does. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we know who does. And we are instilling and teaching in our children a confidence in the word of God and in God himself. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse number 2 and 7, he says that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's sons all the days of thy life and that thy days may be prolonged and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down, when thou risest up. He says, look, as, as parents, as, as the husbandmen, as fathers, we have a responsibility to teach and instill in our children the things of God. We are to teach them every day about God. You say, well, I thought that was the Sunday school teacher's job. No, that's your job. Your job is to teach them about the things of God. Your job is to teach them to love the Lord. Look, it's not just, okay, on Sunday we'll take them to Sunday school, but what about Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday when when you're out with your children and you're talking at the home and you're out playing in the yard? We have opportunity day after day after day after day to teach them and instill in them a love for the things of God, and yet so often we don't ever say anything about it. We don't ever talk about God. We don't ever talk about what God's doing. We don't talk about whether that would make the Lord happy, whether that would not make the Lord happy. No, we just live our life. Are we planting the right vine? Are we planting the right vine? May I say secondly, are we protecting the vine? You see, there are things that can damage the vine. As that husbandman has planted the vine and it begins to grow, there are certain things that can damage it. Elements of the weather, hail, Frost, excessive heat, fire can damage the vine. There's also pests, disease that can damage the vine. And so every day the husbandman is out inspecting. Every day the husbandman goes out and he checks the vines to make sure that nothing is harming the vine. You see, fathers, we have a responsibility not just to plant the right vine, but also to protect the vine. To protect the vine. There are are things that, especially as as Christians, and we're trying to teach them about the Lord Jesus Christ, that the world is going to try to destroy them, that the devil is going to try to get to them, and it's our responsibility as fathers and parents to protect the vine. The problem is so many parents don't think it's necessary to protect the vine. Well, I planted it. I told them about Jesus. Now it's, now it's up to them. No, no, no. You've got to be going back and daily inspecting, hey, what's going on? 
You, you ought to be asking your children, have you read your Bible today? Have you prayed today? What, what's going on in your life? Anything? What happened at church today? What happened in Sunday school? What happened? What's going on? You're inspecting, you're, you're protecting, you're watching out. You're seeing, hey, is there any type of, is rebellion starting to build up in their life? Is there anger starting to build up? Is, is there something going on at school that you're, you, you need to be, your job is to protect the vine. Because if you don't protect the vine and you just let it go, it's not going to produce the fruit that you want it to produce. Are you protecting it? Are you protecting the vine? He says in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 4, Ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The nurture and admonition of the Lord. The, the word nurture means discipline. To, it means training. It means training. The word admonition means instruction. We, we, are, we have a limited time to train and instruct and teach our children. That they're only in our homes for a, for a short period of time before they become adults and they're going to go out and start making their own home and start living their life. And, and we have just a few years to help shape their lives. That's what nurturing them is all about. Training them. Helping them to develop, giving them the right foundation for life. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 6, train up a child in the way he should go. Think about that. Train up a child in the way he should go, not the way he wants to go. You know what's sad? Is that we're allowing children to run their lives. We allow children to just run their lives. Whatever they want to do, that's fine. You just, you can do it. Can I tell you, it's not the child's job to run their life. It's the parent's job to help train them and prepare them for life. That's our job. We are to train them. We are to train them up. We are to instruct them on, on how they need to live once they are out of the home. Instructing them daily on why it's important to be in the word of God. Protecting them from things that are going to harm them. Are we protecting our children? Are we truly helping them to grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? I would say, and, and again, in the past 20 years, this has probably gotten worse and worse and worse, but in the past 20 years, one of the most dangerous things that is, I believe, ruining so many young people is this thing right here. Now, again, please understand I'm not against, not against these. I, I have one right here. I'm not against technology. I'm not against many things. But parents, it's your job to protect them, not just to give them what they want. Because they don't know what they need. Notice, I didn't say they don't know what they want. They don't know what they need. You as a parent, as you are walking with the Lord and you're trying to help to teach them about the things of God, God's going to show you what they need. But the problem is, is we just let them go and we just let them run their own life and we just let them say, well, whatever you want to do is fine. And, and we give them technology and we give them devices and we let them go and we're, there's no protection. The husbandman is there to protect. 
That's why he goes out every day and inspecting and making sure, hey, there's no bugs. There's no infestation of these bugs that are going to come in. And if they are coming in, he's going to just stop. He's going to make sure and do something about it. He's going to get some pesticides or whatever to get rid of the bugs. If he sees a disease coming in, if he sees that it's going to be cold and and it's going to frost, he's going to take precaution. He's going to make sure that, that his vine doesn't get damaged. Because he has a goal in mind. His goal is that that vine is going to be able to grow. And it's going to be able to in time produce fruit. But it doesn't just happen overnight. It takes time. And that's why as parents, we, we just think, well, you know, they, they, they just, you know, they'll just do whatever they want to do. And we don't take the time to protect them every single day and watch over them. And, and nurture them and help them to grow in the Lord. We, we, just, we just let them go. Well, they're, they're out with their friends. What are they doing? Well, they're out with their friends. Well, what kind of friends are they? Well, they're, they're at school during program. What is going on? Your job is to protect that vine. Because you have a goal in mind. There's something that you're wanting to see accomplished through that vine. And the only way it will be accomplished is if the husbandman is planting the right vine and then protecting it so it will be able to meet its goal. And so often parents, we're just, ah, whatever. They'll figure it out. You really want them to figure it out? I don't think so. You don't want them to just figure it out. You want to be able to help and instruct them and protect them and bring them in the nurture, the training, the instruction of the Lord so that when they reach that age to be able to go out and make their own life, they're going to be able to remember the things that they've been taught and the instruction they've been given and the training. And hey, they've been reading their Bible every day for years and years and years. So now when it's time to go out, guess what's going to happen? They're going to keep reading their Bible. Man, they've been going to church and mom and dad have been showing them the importance of church. It's not just an option. It's not what... In the morning service, Johnny was in here. I couldn't use the name Johnny. Anybody in here named Johnny? Okay, good. Well, little Johnny... And it, well, I wasn't talking about Johnny, by the way. Uh, little, little Johnny doesn't want to go to church today, so we're not going to go. Really? So little Johnny gets to control the home. Little Johnny doesn't want to go to church today. Well, little Susie wants to go to the birthday party, so we're going to go to the birthday party, and we're not going to go to church. They want to go to the amusement park, and so we're just going to go to the amusement park, and we're not going to go be a part of the services. We're not going to take them to Sunday school. They, they don't really want to go. Wait a minute. Where is the father? Where is the husband saying, hey, I'm going to protect them, and that's not important. That's not as important as the things of God. The things of God are the most important things, and we're going to be there. That's the husbandman's job. He's protecting the vine. He's keeping the, 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 the pests out. He's keeping the disease out. He's keeping the elements of the world out. He's saying, hey, I'm going to do everything I can to protect the vine because I have a purpose for it. I have a goal for the vine. I want to see it bear fruit. He's protecting it. In Genesis 18, God said of Abraham, and this is interesting, God said this of Abraham. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord. He said, I know Abraham, and he's going to teach his family, he's going to teach his children, he's going to teach his household, his wife, his children, anybody that's in his household, he's going to teach them the things of the Lord. He's not just leaving it up to the Sunday school teacher. He's going to do it. He's going to command them. He's going to teach them. 
And look, maybe there's some fathers here this morning who say, but pastor, I'm just, maybe, maybe I'm just new spiritually. I don't really know how to lead my family spiritually. Hey, if you're willing to admit that, that's great. If you're willing to say, pastor, I don't, I don't really know what to do, but I could sure use some help. Man, I would love to be able to help you. Man, come to me and talk and say, Pastor, what can I do to help lead my family spiritually? Man, we can help you so that you can be the spiritual leader, so you can be that husbandman that God wants you to be, so you can protect your family, you can plant the right vine. But don't just be like, well, I don't know what to do, so I just, you know, I'm just, I'm just not going to do anything. No, if you don't know what to do, get help. If you don't know how to do it, come to me or, or, or come to one of the other men in the church and say, hey, what can I do to be a better spiritual leader in my home? What, what can I do to help my wife? What can I do to help my children? You see, that's your responsibility. You're the husbandman. He says, I know him. He will command his children. He will command his household. And they'll keep the way of the Lord. Protecting the vine. But may I say, thirdly, there's also pruning the vine. Pruning the vine. Pruning is removing those things from the branch that cause it not to fulfill its purpose. Again, he says here, I am the true vine, my father's the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. What? He's inspecting it. He's looking. He's out there every day finding out what's going on with the vine. But then what does he say? And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. He purges it. He prunes it. May I say, first of all, fathers, we need to make sure that we are allowing the Lord to prune in our lives. Fathers, we need to make sure that we're walking close enough to the Lord that when the Lord says, hey, that needs to be removed, instead of arguing and bucking God about it, we just say, Lord, you're right, that does need to be removed, and I'll let it go. Because we're going to try as fathers, as the husbandmen, to help to prune our children. And how are we going to be able to help prune their life if we're not willing to let the Lord prune our life? How are we we going to instruct them to say, hey, that's not good. That doesn't need to be there. It's not necessarily sin, but it doesn't necessarily need to be there when we're not allowing the Lord to do that in our life. Again, we're trying to teach them by the right example. We need to make sure that we're allowing the Lord to prune our life and to take away those things that are hindering God's purpose for our life. So that we can help them. You know, not everything we think is good is necessarily good for our children. And again, we live in a a society that thinks children know what's best for them. Children can make up their own mind. Whatever whatever they think is, that's, that's good. That's very dangerous. It's very dangerous when we just leave it up to children. Now we think that children five, six years of age can even determine what gender they want to be. They don't even know how to add. And you think they can determine what gender they are? If they don't like their gender, they think they can change it to another one? They don't know how to add, they don't know how to write, they don't know how to spell, but yet they can, they can somehow determine what type of gender they want to be. Can I tell you something? That's not protecting the vine. That's not helping to prune the vine. Think about this. Why, why do we have laws that say a person can't drive until they're 16? Because you put an 8-year-old behind a wheel, guess what's going to happen? 
Hello? It's not going to be good. Now, I, look, my, my kids are always like, Dad, let me drive. Dad, let me drive. I'm like, no way. I like my car more than you. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not going to let them drive. Now, there's going to become a point in life when I can teach them how to drive. I've taught all of my girls how to drive, and uh, one day I'll start teaching the boys how to drive, but I'm not going to let Levi, he's 11 years old, there's no way I'm giving him the keys. Hey, go take it for a spin, bud. Malachi, here you go, buddy. He's six. But yet somehow we can let him determine his own gender. We can let him decide whether he wants to go to church or not. We can let him decide what he thinks is best for him. You see, where's the husbandmen? Where's the fathers? Where's the protectors? Where are, the, where are the ones that are saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, man, driving 16, drinking 18, owning a gun 18, getting married 18, voting 18. I mean, we have laws that say you can't do any of these things until you reach a certain age. But yet we think somehow in, in these areas, we say, okay, at a certain age, then maybe they're going to be able to make some better decisions. But yet at, at five and six and seven and eight, we'll let them decide spiritual things. I don't want to read my Bible. Well, okay, they didn't want to read their Bible. I'm not going to memorize that verse. Well, they didn't want to memorize that verse. They didn't want to go to church. They don't want to go to Sunday school. Where's the husbandman? You see, if we have a goal for them, and if our goal is something that is pleasing to the Lord, to say, hey, I want them to know the Lord, I want them to know Christ, I want them to follow the Lord, then when we plant the right vine and we start protecting it, we start pruning it, the whole purpose is to make it so that as they continue to grow and as they get, continue to get older, they're going to be able to fulfill the goal that God has for them in their life. We're just there to help them do that. We're just there to help them to fulfill that goal. And sometimes there are things in their life that need to be pruned. It may be, hey, you know what? We're spending too much time on on all of our devices. We're going to cut the devices back. You say, Pastor, I just could not do that. I couldn't do that. If I told my kids that, they would rebel. Well, you've already got a problem then. You've already got a problem. If you tell your kids no and they're rebelling about it, you, you've, you've already got bigger problems that you've got to deal with. Well, if, if I did that, they probably wouldn't speak to me for a week. You've got some big problems there. And it has nothing to do with the device. It's called rebellion. And that's what you need to deal with. Because if you are protecting them and if you're pruning them and they're seeing that you're trying to do what is best for them when you come and say hey you know what I've, I've noticed in, in my life you know I've been spending too much time doing these things and, and I'm going to stop doing that and then when you come to them and say hey you know what I've, I've noticed these are these are taking away our things from the Lord and we're not spending enough time at, in, in church we're not spending enough time in his word we're not doing enough things for God we're going we're gonna to pull some of these things back oh they might be a little bit upset at first but they're going to realize hey dad is the dad is the he's the husband 
husbandman. He's the farmer. He's the one that's in control and he knows what's best. He and God, they've got, they've got a goal planned for my life and I can, I can trust them. I can yield to them. And yeah, it may not be fun at first, but you know what? I know that they want what's best for me and I'm going to trust them. And so they will yield that and you're there protecting. You're there pruning because the ultimate goal is that you want them to be able to bear the fruit that God has for their life. You're the husbandman. Dads, are you pruning? Are you protecting? Are you just letting them have their way? Whatever they want, it's up to you. What's up to them? You're going to have an unfruitful vine. Or you're going to have a vine that's going to produce some very, very wild fruit. It's interesting what John says in 3 John 1, 4. He says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And may I say, that's, that's, a great, that's a great goal. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. They're, they're walking in the truth of the word of God. That's great. That's wonderful. But the only way that's ever going to happen is if you plant the right vine. If you protect the vine. If you prune the vine. You can go through scripture and you can find... Fathers that did not do this. You think about Eli. Eli was a priest. But Eli would not protect his children. Eli would not prune in his children's lives. And he just let them do whatever they wanted to do. And God killed them. God killed Eli's children because he did not take the responsibility as the father and fulfill his purpose. Now, look, please understand, I'm not saying God's going to kill your kids, right? But I am saying that they will not produce the fruit that God desires for their life if we are not being the husbandmen that God wants us to be. What is your goal for your children? What is your goal for them? Is it something that God would be pleased with? Or is it something that you just want for yourself? Are we planting the right vine? Are we protecting the vine? Pruning the vine? So that the end result will be the fruit that God has for their life. Father, I pray... Lord, that you would work in our hearts this morning. Lord, that fathers especially would realize the importance of being the husbandman, of being that vine dresser that's planting and inspecting and protecting and pruning the vine. Lord, that the children that you have given to us, Lord, we would recognize that there is a purpose and a plan that you have for their life. That, Lord, our goal would be for them to know you, to love you, to follow you. And that, Lord, we would do everything we can 
as the vine dresser, as, our, as the father, to protect them. Prune in their lives where it needs to be pruned. Lord, so that they can fulfill the goal, the desire that you have for their life. Lord, for parents, they would realize the importance of being the right example to their children. Lord, I pray that you'd work in our hearts this morning. Lord, maybe there's something that you're trying to prune out of our lives. Maybe you're speaking to someone's heart this morning. It could be an adult, it could be a teenager, a young person. You're trying to prune that out, say, hey, that's, that's not necessary. We need to get rid of that so that you can bear the fruit. Lord, may we be yielded to you. May we surrender to you. Lord, I pray that you'd give us fathers that truly, truly have a spiritual goal for their children. And Lord, they will take the responsibility seriously to plant the right vine, to protect it, to prune it. Lord, that it would bring fruit for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray.